The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Before we get into the main text, just to encourage you in the area of God's provision, is our building fund. I'm going to talk just for a moment about what God did for his people as he brought them out of the house of bondage, which is another name for Egypt. Now, the Bible says that the Old Testament is types and shadows of the greater new things to come. So when you, when you look as a New Testament believer now, we look at Egypt... It's a picture of sin. It's a picture of the world. And so even as God, to the final plague, the death of the firstborn, which is really a picture of his son's death also, of course, as Jesus got up, it's a picture through through the death of the firstborn, how God set us free and, and out of the house of bondage. And when God did that for his people, Israel, again, it's a type, it's a shadow of what he's done for us through Jesus. Bring us out of the world, bring us out of sin. He delivered them with a strong hand. Psalm 105, turn there very quickly, please. me out with a strong hand he set my feet upon a rock he healed he healed me I, I'm about to get happy I don't, I, don't, I don't know where you guys are at <laughs> does anybody remember where you used to be do you remember what come on do you remember when you lied on your bed in torment when you were so broken so busted you didn't know which way to go do you remember that I remember. He brought me out with a strong hand. Psalm 105. Referring to Exodus 12. Psalm 105 refers to Exodus 12. Verse 37. Well, let's read verse 36. He also destroyed all the firstborn of their land first of all their strength he also verse 37 brought them out with the silver and the gold and there was none feeble among the tribes Egypt was glad when they departed they were in such bondage they were slaves but when they came out of Egypt God so bamboozled the enemy that Exodus 12 verse 36 And the Lord had given to the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them that whatever they requested. And thus they plundered the Egyptians. I want to tell you something. God will release favor on you if you'll just live for him. And part of living for him is yielding our, our, our time and our talent and our treasure. And so we're going to receive the tithe, ushers help us. I could preach on and on all about it. Many people want to walk in the favor of God, but they're not willing to do what God requires them to do. 
listen to me. Listen, listen. God is not just going to hit you one day and you're going to end up so, so stupid blessed that it's unbelievable. No, he requires that you walk by faith. He requires that you believe. He requires that you receive. He requires that you do your part. Now, we can't do God's. We can't do God's part. We don't know how to raise the dead. We hardly even know how the brain works. We do our part. God will do his. It's the only time in all of Scripture, it's the only time in all of Scripture, Malachi chapter 3, where God says to test him. Most of the time, you don't ever want to test God. But one place in Scripture, just one, says test the Lord. Test him and see what he'll do for you. You know, I've noticed something, and uh, ushers, you can come. I've noticed uh, just recently, really, the folks that seem to have the most difficulty. I, I, I've just started doing an impromptu survey, and I think it was by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit led me. The, the folks that have the most difficulty, don't tithe. And I know how it was for me. You couldn't get me to tithe. <laughs> I thought, I'm not giving, no, they're trying to rip me off the church. I heard stories about that. The white suits and all the conspiracy. Yeah, there is that. There is excess and people that are abusing. And I will tell you that even those big names are, going, are being judged in America that are abusing. But you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. How many of you ever heard that expression? All right. The baby's good. The bathwater's dirty. Get rid of the bathwater. You still ought to tithe. Come on, somebody say amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you for what you're doing in our midst and for the great privilege we have to be your sons and daughters. And Lord, we so thankful that you brought us out. And Lord, even with the silver and the gold, I pray for favor, witty inventions, ideas, houses. We didn't build vineyards. We didn't plant. The blessing of God would rest upon us supernaturally because of all that you've done and because we've obeyed your word. So we test you now and prove you now. Open up windows of heaven and pour out mega blessings upon your people. New contracts, new jobs, businesses, new properties, houses we didn't build, as we said. Favor. Checks in the mail blessings of God, the blessings of God, all for the purpose of being a, come on, blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Ushers, go ahead.
Find verse 30, just a few verses of scripture as we begin a new series. Again, greetings to our online congregation. Uh, You can view the services live over your whatever device you have. You can see that live. And uh, it'll bless you. There's archives. We also have a YouTube channel and a podcast. And so you can be encouraged and resource yourself with the word of God and uh, sound biblical teaching and preaching uh, that'll really encourage you and set you on fire. You got you to gotta get in the word. Amen. All right, Joshua chapter 8, verse 30, just five verses. We do have notes for you. Are you ready? Now, Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the children of Israel, as it is written, in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man has wielded an iron tool. And they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And there in the presence of the children of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses which he had written. Then all Israel with their elders and officials and judges stood on either side of the ark before the priests, the Levites who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the stranger as well as he who was born among them. Half of them were in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded before that they should bless the people Israel. And afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curses. Everybody say that. The blessings and the curses according to all that is written in the book of the law. One more verse, verse 35, Joshua 8. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded which Joshua did not read before the assembly of Israel with the women and the little ones and the strangers living among them. Let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you for what you're going to do, Lord, even right now. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come to give us living understanding today. Again, release all that's in your heart, Lord. We won't stop you. We won't hinder you. Holy Spirit, come. If you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language, just go ahead and do that. Hallelujah. Come on, there's, there's tongues that's interpreted, that's prophecy. Then there's a prayer language. Come on, go ahead and pray in your prayer language. It doesn't need to be interpreted. Yep, it's edifying yourself, preparing your heart to receive the word. Thank you. So God, we give you praise for what you're going to do this morning. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, 
Amen. Praise God. Brand new series called 2020 Vision starting today. You were hearing from God when you came to church. You're going to be encouraged. Vision is paramount. It's of paramount importance in our lives. There's all kinds of vision. We've talked on it, preached on it. I remember when I was learning to weld in Greece, I uh, couldn't quite get the bead started in the right place. Any welders out there, you know what I'm talking about? You know, you got to get the bead working, and I think that's the right terminology. And uh, we, had, we had these, you know, it was back in the 1900s, so we had these masks that didn't just change the screen. I mean, you had to, like, check it out and then start by feel, and then when you could see through the, the, the dark lens that protected your eyes, then you could weld. And I ended up doing very well. I was told I, I had a gift for being able to weld. There was only one problem I had, and the problem was is right when I started, I would just put marks all over the thing until I found the groove because I couldn't see so I, I, I started a new technique, which was a bad idea. The technique is, go ahead and look with your natural eye, get that thing working, then drop the shield. I welded all day and uh, got quite proficient at it. But I noticed my eyes were kind of hurting towards the end of the day. I went to bed that night and I woke up blind. I woke up with water running out of my eyes uh, at an unprecedented amount. And I was scared. And I can't tell you how scared I was. I was blind. I could not see one thing. It was darkness before me. I stuck my fingers in my eyes to make sure my eyes were open with all this water. And I'm blind. And I was in this school called the American Farm School that brought innovation, innovations from America to Greece to help their agricultural production. And so it was the Americanaki Yurikiki Skuli is what it was called. I woke up blind that day in the dorm, and I found the wall, and I eased against the wall, got out of my room crying. I was crying. I was, I was, they were also running, but I was also crying in fear. And I found where the guy who was the foreman over all of us students, and I found into his room. I pounded on his door, and I woke him up, and I said, I'm blind, I'm blind. And he said, what, what were you doing today? I said, I was welding. I welded with the welding. He said, you burned your eyes. It's going to be okay. And they took me to the hospital, and they put drops in, and my vision returned. Praise God. Amen. It is a horrible thing being blind. If you're ever, if you're ever blind or you ever had that experience, you know what I'm talking about. And of course, blind people have to learn to deal with that. Equally as bad, equally as bad as being blind in your life and the vision that you have for your life. And with a church that doesn't have a vision, we'll perish. A church that doesn't have vision, we'll perish. Which must mean we're prospering pretty good because we've got lots of vision. I remember losing my way. I didn't really know the Lord. I knew of him but had not received him. I remember meeting my father at a Mets game. I drove my GSXR 1100 to the Mets game in, in Long Island, Queens, Long Island. Met my father, and I was overcome with depression. He asked me what was wrong with me, and I said, there's nothing worth living for. He said, well, sure there is. I said, no, everything's pain. He said, son, everything's not pain. I said, no, yeah, it is. It is. Everything is pain. I had lost my vision. That ended up in some destruction. I'm just so thankful for God. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? So thankful that he gave me vision. Vision is important. And 
I've had times in my life, and this is one of those times where it's a new beginning. We're in a new beginning. You say, what do you mean we're in a new beginning? Our church right now, right here today, is in the midst of a new beginning. And we all need new beginnings. Everybody needs to have a new beginning. Come on, if, you're, if you've messed up now, in our case, we haven't messed up, but there's this sense of newness. There's a sense that it's this fresh thing that God's doing. But we all need a new beginning. There's moments in our life are like that. And when we come to Christ, you know, we get a new beginning. We get a new start. We become born again. That's being made new. Nine years ago... Almost, my wife and I came here to Alaska. Some of you were part of the church. Most of you, most of you were not. There was about 20 to 30 people on a Sunday morning. And there was discouragement, really, that had taken place because it was just a, the battle was long. And there was lots of challenges that we had to overcome in those early years. And from 20 to 30 people now to people that call this place home, six or 700 people, you wouldn't know it from the first service here this morning, but that, that's the case. Six or 700 people. And now as we endeavor to move forward in vision, we're starting again, really. And I am thrilled and excited about it. Understanding this text, let's look at your notes. And if you don't have notes, go ahead and slip your hand up. Ushers will bring that to you. Moses gives this prophetic word. This is now looking at the text that we just read in Joshua 8. Moses gives this prophetic word. You'll find that prophetic word in Deuteronomy 27 and 28. In Deuteronomy 27, verse 2, it says, When you've crossed over the Jordan, now this is Moses saying to Joshua, saying to the people, saying to God's people, to Israel, when you cross over the Jordan into the land your Lord your God has given you, set up large stones and coat them with plaster. Write on them all the words of the law when you've crossed over into the land. The Lord God has given you flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord your God of the ancestors promised you. And when you've crossed over the Jordan set up the stones of Mount Ebal. Does that sound familiar? Because that's exactly what we read today. And I command you this day, coat them with plaster. Build an altar of the Lord your God, an altar of stones. Do not use any iron tool on them. Does that sound familiar? That's because this is exactly what is taking place in the text of Joshua chapter 8. It is the fulfillment of this prophetic word that Moses spoke. He knew that they would overcome the enemies. They, They knew that they would cross. He knew that they would cross over the Jordan. And they knew they would come to this place called Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. And he tells them, build this altar on Mount Ebal. And he tells them there's no stones to be, no iron tool to shape the stones. He puts it together. He says, take plaster and put the law on it. And when we read Joshua 8, that is exactly what he's doing. He's following through on the prophetic word that was spoken to him. Which is amazing. They fulfill Moses' word. So in this text, understand what's happened. That the prophet Moses, who is not allowed to go into the promised land because of an anger problem, he failed. And Joshua led them through. They're now in the promised land. They're before these two mountains. And the very fulfillment of the word of Moses is taking place. And even the ancestors 
It's, it's, it's an amazing piece of, uh, of revelation, really. They're standing there. It's the same place that God spoke to Abraham. Sachem, it's called. Amazing. 600 years after the original word comes to Abraham, they're standing there and, and, and God has fulfilled everything. Wow. Which, which is encouraging because that means he's going to do all the rest of it too. I mean, amazing moment of fulfillment. And he's renewing, he renews their vision. They renew their vision. What do you mean they renew their vision? They're standing there and it's like God saying again, as they obey the prophetic word of Moses, it's like the Lord saying to begin, this is why I saved you. This is why I delivered you. This is why you're here. And they have fresh vision. You can lose vision. You can lose vision in your life. You can lose purpose in your life. And if you lose vision, you will perish. If you lose your purpose, you're in trouble. You were made for something and something great. Many of you know deep down in the city of your soul that there's something great that God's planned for you. Even from your earliest memory, you have this sense of awe. Why? Because you're part of a generation that's going to usher in, I believe, the coming of the Lord. I believe that God is going to do something through us here in Alaska. He spoke to me and said, son, what I'm going to do in this place has never been seen before. He told me that. He showed me an amazing outpouring. Thousands upon thousands of people coming to God, being healed. They renew their vision. In Sachem, write in your notes now, in Sachem, Abraham met God and received a promise. You'll find that promise spoken to him in the same place that they're now standing in Joshua 8. You'll find the promise originally spoken to Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 6. Abraham passed through the land of the place of Sachem. It's the exact same place. Then the Lord appeared to Abram. He's not Abraham yet, he's Abram. To your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar of the Lord. Shock, shock. Who had appeared to him? Abraham built an altar in the same place that they now build an altar in Joshua chapter 8. Wow. They find themselves in a place of fulfillment. I prophesy to you and declare to you this day. Listen well. We find ourselves in the very same place. That what God wants to do in this great north land, others have heard about and maybe even attempted. And I don't know why God has chosen us, although we have to walk it out. We have to do our part. Amen. I'm not sure why God chose us. I think we might have been the last pick. I think others might were chosen, but they weren't able to walk it out. If we pray, God is pleased with us and we obey. He will bring us into the land, meaning we will see that thing that he spoke to me about, that he spoke to you about. I mean, you could do a survey. If you've had a dream or a vision about this outpouring Alaska, raise your hand. Raise your hand. You've seen it. You've seen it with you. Raise it high. Come on, don't be ashamed. Raise it high. Look around. It's not just one or two people. There's many, many, many people have seen this wave, have seen this fire, have seen this great outpouring of the Spirit. And just as Joshua leading God, God's people is standing there about to walk into the fulfillment of it all. It's exactly where we find ourselves. Wow. So he renews their vision and the promise given to Abraham. What was it? Hey, you see all the land? By the way, they could see all of Canaan's land from on top of Mount Ebal. They could see it. And there is something about seeing. 
One man of God said, if you can see it, then you can have it. There's something about vision. And they see this promised land from Mount Ebal, and it's the fulfillment, a reminder, a renewing of vision that, hey, I'm giving you the whole land. Come on, someone say, God's given me the land. God's given me the land. And it's a picture, really, the land of salvation. It's a picture of the promised land. But it's a picture, picture of all that that encompasses. His provision, the blessing, walking in fulfillment. But it wasn't just the land. It was to be the holy people of God, blessed by God. Hence the, the curses and the blessings. The blessings being shouted from Mount Gerizim. The curses being shouted on Mount Ebal and all the people in between the two mountains. I mean, what an illustrated sermon. Wow. You see, God chose Israel. And as they stood there, these blessings being read, these curses being said, they knew why they were chosen. It wasn't just to line their pockets with the the provision of Canaan's land. It wasn't just to have war so that they could win. It was so that, yes, they could have the promised land, but so that they would be holy and blessed. Why? So that when the people of the earth looked upon this particular group of people, the Israelites, they would say, man, what have they got that I don't? And they would say, the Lord, he is God. He alone is the Lord God Almighty. The same is true today. The blessings of God aren't going to come to you by some accident. Aren't going to come to you just because you showed up at church today. The blessings of God come because of the blood of the Lamb and His bringing us out of Egypt. But you've got to receive that. You've got to believe that. And it's not just that. You have to live in the blessing. You have to choose it. Which is what they had to do. God wanted His holy people to be His expression of the kingdom of God in the earth. The same is true today. But they had to choose it. They had to make a choice right there in your notes, three. They renewed the vision by making a choice. They renewed the vision by making a choice. Hence, the blessings on one side, the curses on the other. I believe that God is speaking to us this morning on two different levels. First of all, individually. Individually, you can have a new beginning. I don't know where you've come from or what you're going through. I don't know what kind of uh, heartache you might have. I don't know what kind of grieving you might be in currently. Or how maybe you've been rejected. How you weren't appreciated. You might be lost in your own sin today. But you can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start. Today's the first day of the rest of your life. We like saying it this way. His mercies are new every morning. Say it. His mercies are new every morning. Well, it's morning somewhere. So at midnight, you know, at 1130, you can say the same thing. His mercies are new every morning. And you might have messed up. You might have crashed the bus. But you can get off your own bus, push aside the things of time, tradition, and your own selfishness, and give your life to the Lord and begin to live for him. And he will come in and make you new. He'll make you new. He'll heal you. He'll set you free. Isaiah 43. I'm just going to rattle you with the word of God right now. Are you ready? I'm going to tell you, God stands over his word to see it performed. There is nothing like the sword of the word. Listen to this. Isaiah 43, 18. Remember not the former things. Consider 
the things of old, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Ezekiel 36 and verse 36. I will give you a new heart, says the Lord, and a new spirit I will put in you. And I will remove the heart of stone and put in the heart of flesh. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 20, just a little bit further down, verse 25, pardon me, verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. Because if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. There's a new land that he has for you. There's a new place he has for you. You can be healed. You can be forgiven of all your sin. But you've got to come and you've got to believe. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. I used to think that the apostle Paul was lying. Because I didn't feel like a new creation. Well, I knew something happened, but I still had my stinking thinking. I still had my mind, which was at enmity with God. But something new had happened on the inside of me. When the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, if any man or woman is in Christ, if they've received him, believed on him, repented of their sin, he is made new in his spirit man. Your spirit man is made alive. But you have to allow for Christ to work through your whole being. You have to renew your mind with the washing of the water of the word. You've got to learn the word. You've got to act on the word. You've got to get in your place of of discipleship. If you want this newness just to go through your whole life and you think it's just going to happen at an altar, there's people on bar stools and driving porcelain buses right now because they just prayed a sinner's prayer. Printer, the sinner's prayer is a formula that we have, and it's a wonderful formula. But you've got to grow in the Word. You've got to get discipled. You've got to forsake your old life. It's amazing to me that some people think they can come to Jesus, keep the same attitudes, still think stupid, and end up that they're going to end up blessed. They want to come to the Lord, but I don't want to really surrender. See, really what the Lord says, if you want the new life, if you want everything I have for you, come and die. And then I'll give you the resurrected life, life abundant. And it's when believers really receive that, know that, and begin to get discipled in this new life, then they walk in power. Then they walk guilt-free. Then they move in a place, in a dimension of joy, unspeakable and full of glory. And that we can be actually his hands extended. There's a new beginning God has for you. That God has for you. Even if you've received him before, but you know you have stepped in. I remember my football coach used to tell me, Bracken, if you half-step, you're going to get hurt. 
Don't go through the motions because you'll get creamed. You play as hard in practice as you do in the game. You play like this is a game. Every single play, everything you got, leave nothing behind. Push your chips to the middle of the table. I surfed for years. I first started surfing when I was 12. On the eastern end of Long Island, pre, pre and post hurricane swell. We might have been a little bit in the hurricane at times. Many drowning experiences. I learned then, but then when I moved to Hawaii and began to surf those waves there, they're much faster. I learned that he who hesitates is dead. Yes. And there's this moment that comes when you're paddling into big surf. I'm talking double overhead. In other words, I'm six foot, 12 foot faces. You make a mistake on that, you're going to have a problem. And then, of course, there's much bigger. But I remember paddling when I first learning to paddle those intimidating waves. You start paddling in. If you hesitate because it's scary looking down, you just get pitched. So if you're going to go, go with everything you got. You really want the life abundant. You really want a fresh start. You want to change the world. You want to change the valley. Paddle in. Go for it. Just go with everything you got. Really obey his word. Live for his word. Renew your mind. Cut the, come on, cut off all the stuff that's polluting you. Come on, get rid of the, get rid of some of those relationships that are nothing but a cancer in your soul. Cut them off. Develop some new ones. The second thing I believe here is that curses can be broken off our lives. They're shouting these blessings on one side, curses on the other, and they had a choice. You have a choice. We'll talk about that in a second. What would you like to have? Would you like to be blessed or would you like to be cursed? Just think about that for a second. Now, are you willing to do what is required of you to be blessed? That, that's the real question. You see, because if you read through, and the curses, oh my gosh. The curses are like intense. The itch. I'm not even sure what the itch is. I don't want it. Come on, somebody say, no thanks. You'll be cursed with the itch. <laughs> no. <laughs> You can be free from the curse. One of the things that we'll be incorporating anew is uh, these encounters. We've done men's encounters and women's encounters in the past, and we've taken a break from them, but very clearly we're going to begin to do those again. There's a moment, about 24 hours, where a group of men or a group of women separately seek the Lord and, and come to hear a series of messages that in the end produce somebody if they respond rightly how many of you know you play hardball and you you get what you put into stuff when you seed time and harvest you you put your whole heart into it you go for it i've seen people transformed within a matter of months totally delivered on fire and just going for it and other people well they've been in the way for 20 years and that's the problem they're in the way you might get that on the way home the way was one of the names for the early church those of the way and there are many christians that refuse to die refuse to do what they're required to refuse to read the word just a bunch of stubborn stiff necked babies nobody here nobody here amen praise god come on look at your neighbor and say he's talking to somebody else praise god come on look at your other neighbor and say i don't know who he's talking to but this is some good preaching come on look look at your other neighbor and say oh man 
I wish somebody else was here to hear this. Praise the Lord. Come on, say curses can be broken off our lives. Galatians 3 is a powerful verse of scripture uh, about being free from the curse because Christ became a curse for us. But we can be blessed by God. And I, I don't want to go into all the curse aspect of it. I, I will go a little deeper in the next service because I've got a little bit more time. But it, you can be blessed or you can be cursed as a believer. As a believer. Now you say that you're saved, you love Jesus, great. You hold on to idols, you hold on to sin, then you, 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 know, you, you might be saved. Of course, if it's fornication, idolatry, uh, drunkenness, uh, then it says you can't inherit the kingdom of God. It's real popular preaching these days. You could just get wasted, get high, and say that you're actually going to heaven. You've deluded and you've confused. It's not true. Very good. Come on, say we can be blessed by God. Now, there's a difference between positional blessing and appropriated blessing. I probably should have put this in your notes. My children are blessed, and they're blessed because they live in my house. They were born blessed, and they're raised under the blessing. They have every need. There's, there's no perversion, all of that stuff that covered the blessing that's on my wife and I that we have because we chose to live for Jesus. It's not some ambiguous thing. Well, he's blessed and she's not. No, live for God, you'll end up blessed, period. He's, he's not a man that he should lie, and, he's, and he's, he doesn't show favoritism over one man or another. If you obey God, live for him then you're going to be blessed. That's it. It's very simple. Anybody can be blessed, but you've got to choose it. So my wife and I have diligently, sometimes more diligently than others, you know, we can get sidetracked and stuff, but God has kept us and we're living in the blessing. I mean, really, I'm not even here for myself. He's already done it for me. He did it for me already. I don't come to church because I'm, lo- I'm looking for God to, you know, do this next thing other than the vision of th- that we have for this whole. I'm still believing for family members to be saved, but it's not about me. He did it. I'm done. He did it. I'm cooked. He did it. Praise God. Take me to home. But yet we still find ourselves here. My kids are blessed because they're under this, this canopy of blessing that's in my home. That's called positional blessing. Many of you are blessed because you're a part of the church, this church. Some of you don't realize that actually your businesses, the businesses that you work for are blessed because you go there. Okay, so that's positional. It can be positional blessing. Appropriated blessing is very different. I'll use my children, for instance. They're learning. They're learning to discern good relationships, not so good ones. They're learning, they're, they're learning to discern that, and they're beginning to appropriate the blessing of God by their own obedience. Not by, not by dad and mom's covering and blessing of obedience, but they're learning to choose now the right way. Oh, I've got to hurry. Appropriated blessings are you taking it. You must choose to live for God daily. Come on, we, we got to close this thing up. Got to choose to live for God daily. Every day. Do I have to read my Bible today? Do you, wanna, do you want strength today? Do you want some vitality today? Do you want God to speak to you today? Yeah, read your Bible. Good idea. Excellent idea. I don't want to. Well, then you might not have the strength. You might not have the word that he would give you. You might not have the kind of fellowship that he wants to, you to walk in. So you choose. You want to read the word and pray? 
and have the blessings of God or, or, or not. Sometimes we can think we can get away with our sin. Don't realize that our own sin brings a curse on us and those that are connected to us. Some of you are codependent about people in your life. Hello? What do you mean by that? What I mean is you're not at the place of, of blessing that God is trying to bring you into because you've got Jonah on board. You've got a Jonah underneath your deck. I would highly suggest that you lovingly grab him by the scruff of the neck and throw him off. Into the fish's mouth you go, I love you, be blessed. <laughs> Amen. There comes a time when you need to turn somebody loose. And I've learned that if you try to coddle folks, sometimes it just, it, it doesn't help them. They don't. Come on, you can give them money. You can teach them to fish. Hello. And I'm all for giving money. I'm all for helping people. Amen. Come on, somebody say, choose to live a godly life. We must have renewed vision. Look at, the, look at your notes. We must have a renewed vision of who God wants us to be and what he wants us to do. Personally, individually, have a renewed vision. What, who are you and what does he want you to do? As a church, quickly, it's time for new beginnings. It's time for a new beginning, time for some new goals. Let me share with you what those are. We're in the midst of now just started the one, two, three vision corporately. When I mean corporately, I mean the one church in many locations, all 124. As Alaska, our part in that vision, as we've prayed through on this, is this. We will plant one church a year. Now, we might do more than that, but we're believing to plant one church a year every year for the next five years. Secondly, we're believing to take two missions trips a year and 5% of the total income of our church we're going to give to missions. Somebody say praise the Lord. That's, that's what our part of the international aspect of the standing for 200 international works. We do mission trips to support them. Some of those are conferences, prophetic conferences that we hold in other locations, so on and so forth. How many? Two missions trips, 5% to missions. Third thing is that we are going to believe that in the next five years, we will be 3,000 people. Now, before you think that's pie in the sky, let me break it down and I'll close this message up what that is, the way to look at that is 300 leaders, and I'll tell you why. Because a leader can minister to about 10 people. Now, some say five and some say 10, so I might be on the high side. But if we had 300 leaders, we could then minister to, do the math, 3,000 people. All we need to do in the next five years is grow 50 small groups a year. Now, we've come close already hitting 50 right now. Summer, things settle down. People go fishing. Amen. Get rid of your cabin fever. Have a great time. Praise the Lord. Shoot stuff. Amen. Glory to God. We are, we're not pushing real hard right now. Oh, we're still going to have our 4th of July event and have some fun and fellowship and all of that. We get to the fall and we're going to drop the hammer. 
and I'm going to release as many leaders as I possibly can. Why? Because the more leadership you can release, the more people will be able to reach. Our services are powerful and our guests are wonderful and worship's awesome and God's doing great things. We will not see that dream that God showed me, that that which nobody's seen before, that will not happen without a release of leaders. So God's going to raise up a whole bunch of people and I believe you're even here today. So all we have to do is, in, by the fall, start 50 small groups. That's hosts, assistants, leaders. And we'll have ministries and different things. We're going to keep doing some of the stuff we've done. We'll do our outreaches and so on and so forth. And then all we have to do is grow by 50 every year. Five years, 300 small groups. It's easy. Come on, somebody say it's easy. If you get involved. And you will. Amen time to renew the vision of who we are what he's called us to do to be personal powerful permeating to move forward can you say amen and it's time to choose it's time to choose will you get involved that's the last note will you get involved will you be a part of it and for those who put their hand to it and get involved i'll tell you something you'll be part of the most exciting thing you have ever seen in all your life a deluge of souls coming in people being healed the outpouring of the spirit of god on your business, on your home, on your family. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you've lived long enough to see it in other places. Those of you that are in Maui, when it grew to 800 people in the first year and then moved to 2,000 in the second year, I'm going to tell you, it was the fastest growing church in America back in the 80s. God can do something like that, and it certainly isn't about building some personal kingdom. It's about building His kingdom and fulfilling our role in it. Can you say amen? Did you get something from Jesus? Come on, the 2020 vision. Say it. The 2020 vision. Ushers, would you help us? We're going to go ahead and receive communion. I've, I've, got to, I've got to hurry. I've gone a little bit long on you. But I hope you're encouraged. Brand new series we start today. While they're getting ready to serve, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't you leave this place without being reconciled. You want to receive Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment? Just pray this prayer with me right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you all stand? Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd fill and touch each and every one of these. communion. We're going to receive communion right now. And if you'd begin to come as we do from those back rows and then just peel off, come right down the center aisle. And uh, if you want to receive communion with us, it's grape juice and a cracker with powerful symbols of need. We invite you to come. Come on. As soon as everyone is served, pray and receive communion together.
was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. In likewise manner, he took the cup and he blessed it. And he says, this is my body and my blood, which is broken and shed for you. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So Father, before you, we remember your son and how you sent him to be a propitiation for our sin. You sent him to be a ransom for us. You sent him to pay a price, a debt that he didn't know, but that which we could receive by faith. And so, Lord, we remember that it is by his stripes that we're healed. We thank you that at the atonement, at the, at the cross at Calvary, your blood flowed to cover over our sin as was prophesied millennium before. And we celebrate the truth that you take our sin and throw it as far as the east is from the west. We celebrate the truth that if we confess our sin to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we receive your forgiveness right now. Forgive us for where we've fallen short, wrong thoughts, attitudes, the pride of lies, the lust of the eyes, perhaps. Forgive us. Forgive us, God, for where we didn't heed your voice. Come on, just ask God to forgive you. Forgive us, God. Cleanse us right now. Release healing right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat and drink together. Glory to God. Devil's defeated. God's on the throne. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new day. It's a new beginning. Come on, fresh 2020 vision. No matter where you were before, come on, you get on track and run with it. Come on, let's see God just do something awesome in the earth. America can turn to God. Anything can happen with God. It ain't over. Come on, believe God. Believe for a great revival, won't you? Let's close this morning. Father, thank you for what you've done. Now bless your people. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them, God, we ask. Keep them. Give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hey, don't miss tonight, 6 o'clock. The diamonds are going to be preaching to us. Looking forward to it. Don't miss it. 6 o'clock tonight, revival continues. Bless you. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.